That Naturopathic Podcast. TNP. Hello there. Hi, and thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Cara Denisio. And I'm Dr. David Miller, and we hear your frustrations. This show is for you. This show is for you if you're feeling like your current healthcare strategy is not getting to the root cause or the underlying reasons for your health. This show is for you if you've been told that you're fine, but you definitely don't feel very well. This show is for you if you're walking out of your doctor's office with one, two, three, four, or even five medications without any mention of diet, lifestyle, or a long-term game plan. This show is for you if you've got several specialists taking care of you, but no one is really putting it all together. This show is for you if you believe that health should be part of health care. These problems have solutions. We know it. Our patients know it. And we want you to know it. Naturopathic medicine is the solution that you need to know about. All right, welcome back to another episode of That Naturopathic Podcast. I'm Dr. Kara. And I'm Dr. Dave. Um, so we were supposed to have an awesome guest today, Dr. Tina Moore. We're going to get her on another time, but she's sick. Yeah. Um, and we had all, uh, we were all like geared up and ready to go. So we thought, let's do a podcast anyway. Yeah. We, um, uh, yeah. Get better, Tina, if you happen to be seeing this. So yeah. it was, it's going to be a great conversation when we get to have it. It'll be awesome. Tina's great. She's a bit of a rock star, uh, naturopath and Cairo. I don't know how she trained for both at the same time, but anyway, she did. She's a rock star. She's awesome. And we can't wait to have that conversation when she's healthy. Yeah. Jo- uh, joint pain, joints, arthritis, arthritis. Yeah. yeah. So sort of building on, um, maybe a little bit more, uh, from what Ben talked about, Dr. Ben Snyder, mm-hmm. uh, totally different slant. I would think on the whole thing, the pain. And all that but we'll see uh so today i thought okay Kara, let's do it we'll make we'll make a podcast anyway and tears came but that's okay uh tears happen and we're gonna talk Just about over, I, i'm not crying about covid i'm it's no, no, no. it was an overwhelmed mom moment uh and small business owner moment and yeah. yes yeah <laughs> okay okay we, we can do though. this we're good so, so what we, are we going to talk about because that was actually your idea yeah, you said, what are you fired up about? And I said, I don't know, what can we just rant on about on the spur of the moment? What do we have a lot to contribute? Um, and I said, why don't we talk about lab testing? It's something yeah. we do every day, and mm-hmm. probably most of our listeners have had done once or twice. Yeah, and, and most people have lab reports, whether they're from yeah. a, a naturopath or from their medical doctor, but most people have them. And sometimes yeah. the cool thing is with the labs, right, is you have the data there, but is it always information, right? And so sometimes... That's sort of, I think that's sort of like the take home almost is that you might have a, a, a treasure of information there if, if there's been some good extensive lab testing done, um, but it depends on how you interpret it. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what we're talking about a bit today, right? We have a lot of stuff to talk about. For sure. But we'll try and keep it, what, 20 minutes-ish? Yeah, good luck. We'll try. Yeah, we'll try. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Are we needing to officially uh, join in as a podcast recording too, or do or yeah, now that I just said that, we're going to have to. Yeah, now we have to. Yeah, now we have to. Okay. We'll leave it to you to start. All right. You're going to have to hear some of that again. It's okay. So, okay. I'm just going to adjust it a little bit too so we have more of you. Okay, that's better. All right. Okay, welcome back to another episode of That Naturopathic Podcast. It's Dr. Kara. And it's Dr. Dave. And uh, it's just the two of us today. Yeah. What are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about lab testing. Lab testing, something we do all the time in clinic. Uh, pretty much every new patient, I'd say, if they have the resources, uh, we have that conversation. Do you have the 
you know, to do a thorough job. Uh, it's sometimes you need to look at the labs. So you probably do it with most of your patients too. I have a giant stack on my desk. Yeah. It's uh you're a top performer for life labs. I apparently. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So it we use them a lot. Like my secret weapon of, uh, Use, it's like a, such a huge piece of the puzzle. And we talk about assessment all the time. Yeah. Doing a good assessment. Mm -hmm. So it helps us do a really good assessment because a really good assessment leads to a really good treatment, hopefully. Yeah. It tells us where we need to dig deeper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, I'll, I'll, I'll say it's, it gives us some uh, maybe necessary but not um, sufficient information to make all our decisions because we not were talking all. about early earlier I rely on my hands a bit more you rely on maybe signs and symptoms a bit more um, but yeah you, you need to have that lab information in the context of some other uh, information too so labs mm -hmm. are great in and of themselves uh, don't always give the whole picture yeah and that's where I mean you can do lots of home lab testing or you know get your reports but it's the context that sometimes is missing there and so yeah yeah, it's just one piece. It's it happens to be a pretty important piece, I yeah. think, for both of us. Yeah. Uh and uh but other important pieces are listening to the patient. What? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it is important. <laughs> and Definitely. I mean I, I actually think, you know, you have a skill of, of, you know, for the guts with your hands, which is uh is a whole different type of information, but um and a missed piece of information Funny enough, we call yeah. it listening yeah listening with your listening hands. with our hands so. we listen with our ears yeah and uh, i think too as we get to be more experienced practitioners we are listening through experience for finding patterns that we've just observed so mm -hmm. and i find that with hormones i can i can hear what the cycles like what they're feeling like and i can i can almost predict the hormone pattern and i just use the labs to uh, confirm it. Yeah. So we, that's one of the things we we're going to talk about is how it, um, when we say like corroborates signs and symptoms a lot of time or like yeah. confirms. Sure. Sure. Cause by nature, they're a little more objective. Yeah. Uh, the other Arguably. example, the other example we had was a patient who comes in, who's feeling really tired. Right. And in that first visit, we might say, we'll go through their diet. We'll go through their exercise. You know, we'll go through their mood, but, and we might say, Oh, this could be your thyroid. This could be low iron or B12 or mm. your adrenals. And so we put a lot of ideas on the table and we might have our suspicions as to which is the most likely. And the labs are really helpful in helping to say, oh, your thyroid's actually really awesome. That's yeah, part yeah. of the puzzle. Ruling in is probably more mm -hmm. common what we talk about, but like ruling out is helpful. Sure. Right. So then maybe it allows you to get to other questions like, you know, say you're just like apathetic and you lifestyle wants so great and there is a bit of uh, apathy or whatever going on, you know, that it's nice to rule out the more uh, basic stuff first before you maybe have that conversation or as part of having that conversation. Sure. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, Cause there is something to be said for like just those people that are like high on life, right. Versus those who are just, they find, find themselves in, difficult situations or demanding situations with little resources. And then, you know, maybe that's why you're tired. It sounds not fun. Right. So sure. Sure. Um, what else do we want to talk about? Um, like concepts with labs. Um, yeah. I just, another point to that too, is I always say to patients in the first visit, like if you can, it's good to front load this assessment because it really sucks to be like six months down the line. Yeah. Did I do it right? And Perhaps something's not shifting and mm -hmm. we're like, what are we missing here? And we just maybe didn't do 
you know, maybe it was financial or we just wanted to rush into getting treatment, mm -hmm. uh, which is not usually the case anymore. But, you know, it sucks More to be... When we're younger yeah, practitioners, I think. It, it sucks to be six months down the line and say, oh, oops, yeah, you have celiac disease or oops, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's it's just nice to front load and get all the cards on the table, and then then you're going, then you're 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 off to the races with 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 knowing which way to go. Yeah, I th I, I tell patients it's often like a more front end investment sure. or whatever with labs, and like you said, you want to make sure that you uh, test sufficiently, maybe not everything in the you know under the sun but with a sufficiently uh, wide net or whatever to, to catch things. Uh, I've caught a few things recently that were kind of interesting. Uh, I used to, I'll be honest, I used to uh, make fun of like testing cholesterol. Mm -hmm. a bit. I found a couple lately that I was like, oh, your cholesterol is through the roof. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, oh, okay, I'm glad I tested that. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I do include that now. And, uh, and I, I would agree. I think uh, it's, it's very, it's become commonplace, I think, in in integrative, complementary, alternative medical circles to just make fun of cholesterol. Mm -hmm. But it does matter. Yeah. And, and so, and I think that the what that information gives at the end of it mm -hmm. uh, is up for debate. But it, yeah. it does matter. We can't just laugh it's at it. It's something. Yeah. Like, yeah, I had a young guy, like super fit, and like his, and he's. You look at him, you go like he's like. He's really fit. He's like exuberant, healthy, super great. Uh, he's good buzz to hang out with. And his cholesterol is just through the roof. And I never would have guessed it, but I did that um, like comprehensive. What's that panel? What's that panel? Yeah. So you can do a lipoprotein uh, profile. Yeah, yeah. But it's on that, it's on that uh, like total health assessment or whatever panel. So it's not something I always run. And now I caught it. I'm like, hmm. Yeah. I'll remember that. So it's a good one. Um, why don't we talk a little bit about, uh, cause our listeners, if they've got lab work done from their doctor, or perhaps some of them have had it done from us, maybe some of the differences that were, um, of just how the lens we're looking through. Yeah. Different eyes looking at the same yeah. paper. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So generally I find a lot of labs that I get from, well, we're in Ontario. Uh, so we get, um, sort of, oh, we have funded labs and maybe that determines a lot of what the doctors do like following algorithms of they can only do this and that and the other thing but i do find they're often uh not super thorough or they test a bunch of stuff that we just don't see always super relevant um sure. yeah like or they might only run one of the liver enzymes like i see is it more ast they're running now or alt i forget and and then we you know, for iron's an easy one. We've talked about iron a million mm -hmm. times, but we often see just like hemoglobin done, like a CBC yep. with hemoglobin, or just a TSH. Yeah, TSH, no antibodies hormones. or T4, T3 yeah. uh, reverse uh, reverse versions of those. So, um, yeah, so often they're not as thorough in terms of like the the breadth of the net that they've cast. So, but you can often there's there's often some information we can glean from those too. Yeah, it's a good. I use that as a bouncing off point and, and dive deeper if needed. Mm -hmm. um, but and we had different ways of explaining this. Yeah. Um, you go first. And how I explain it to my patients when they, you know, they either say, "Oh, my doctor won't test that," or, um, or this is how they interpreted this lab test. I, I say we just start from different systems and looking at it from a 
a, a different point of view. So their doctor is probably looking at that, ordering labs and looking at the results in a way to ask, to answer a question. Is this something that requires treatment? So does this level and does yeah. this result match a treatment? Like, does it require treatment or does it require... Probably related to a disease state. That yeah. Does this match, a, does this number match a disease state? Can yeah. we diagnose a disease from this or can, or do we need to order the next, like a specialist or imaging based on this? Yeah. So that's the information. That's the type of actionable information they're looking for. Can we diagnose sickness? Do we need to do anything else? Yeah. And it implies um, probably, like you said, the limit, the limits of the treatment. Right. So mm -hmm. only if the values only mean something, if there's like a, a standard treatment that sort of fits that. Sure. Yeah. Um, so maybe your hemoglobin comes back a little bit low. They might not, they might not even say anything. Remember like how many patients mm -hmm. do you have to say, my doctor says my labs are fine. Sure. And you look and you're like, yeah. Oh, hold on a minute here. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of stuff. That yeah. I had an email today and just said, thanks so much for understanding that I wasn't feeling well because yeah. the doctor said I'm fine. Yeah. And and I'd emailed and said, Hey, here's the plan based on your labs. And she said, thank you. Like I, I'm not feeling well. And I'm glad yeah. that there's they a plan. come from a red alert system and we come sure. from a yellow orange yeah. alert. They're looking for sickness. We're looking for health. Yeah. And a little bit of imbalance mm -hmm. sometimes, yeah. which can just um, be niggling sort of symptoms that are like annoying, but not life or death situations, which is where the medical conventional medical system really shines right so sure can't be good at everything we aren't good at everything either definitely not we did a lot of stuff but not everything anyway uh my way of looking at things was sort of like binary they look at things more binary like it's either high or it's it's fine or okay so high or low sure as one option or normal and that's it and if the line is at 5.5 and you're 5.6 or 5.4. It's like, phew, we're okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so it's, it's sort of like, it's a, it's a kind of like yes or no yeah. binary result. Um, uh, and I think that sort of ties into what you're saying with they're looking for a disease state. So you, you'll see, uh, and there's, there are some, um, even if with some uh, lab tests, so they think of like HbA1c, your, your uh, three-month average of blood sugar, um, you've got at-risk, it's 5.6, I think, to 6. Is that what it is? Uh, yes. Yeah. So 5.5 and below is sort of desired or normal. And you see a lot in like the 5.6, 5.7. Yes. You won't say anything about that. But we might go, hey, how's your diet? Eating a few carbs, buddy? You know, like, so yeah. um, that's um, that's maybe another thing. They won't, I, I find they don't pull the alert cord and we maybe pull it quicker. Sure. Or maybe, you know, I'll have patients say, Oh, I was just out of the blue diagnosed with diabetes or I was out right. of the blue. Just right. like it just like from one year to the next, it just it went from 5.9 <laughs> to 6. Yes. And now. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it probably didn't go from 4.5 to 6. It probably went exactly. every year, point one point up and have that patient had been empowered and said, Hey, things are creepy here. Like mm -hmm. let's, 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 do some preventative things. Uh, yeah. Let's make some changes. I hear a little hum in the engine that's mm -hmm. not quite there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The way to, yeah. I, I can see why, but often the, the simple analogy is like, it, it's kind of like waiting till the wheels fall off as opposed to like trying to make that a little bit 
uh, extra effort to see if you hear a little bit of imbalance or something off in the system. For sure. And I don't blame them. Like they don't have enough time. Again, we should keep saying that too. Like it's not, it's not a slam on anyone. It's more just like, if I got five or 10 minutes with someone, I can't, I can't do that properly no, either. I, I would look at, I would look at labs binary too. I would just go, Oh, quick scan. You're all good. Yeah. Like nothing's off. But so what we do is, um, I think you'll, you'll do this too. Any, any naturopath will probably do it too. You'll look at a whole bunch of lab results. You might look at them and there might be a trend mm-hmm. towards certain numbers being high, certain numbers being low. And then with the, the knowledge of like the organ systems and what organs may be, uh, the health of those organs may be indicated by those labs, you can sort of start to put things together and, and make some um, proactive, maybe preventative, uh, but informed uh, treatment choices. Sure, sure. Uh, the other thing we were going to contrast too is is uh, often, you know, oh, hip covered labs don't just don't test certain things, you know. So the example we had come up with with was, um, I'm not sure why they don't do T3 and T4. They'll usually just do a TSH. But the more obvious example is thyroid antibodies, right? And mm-hmm. and that is is infrequently ordered, um, but it would be part of our more comprehensive thyroid panel. Um, and I think a specialist has to order it. I think that's the algorithm. Uh, like they can't, I don't think they can order yeah, it. I, 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 yeah, I'm not Again, aware it's not their the fault. No, not at all. Way, no, we're know? not causing, but um, it's helpful, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so when we're looking at, say, a, a thyroid panel, those thyroid antibodies up are helping us to understand that there is an autoimmune process happening and that then dictates the treatment options. Yeah, it's again, it's an interpretation of a value. It's less about, I don't know, maybe when I first was practicing, I was looking more at the number of mm-hmm. that value, but now we might go, okay, uh, you have a lot of uh, antibodies being formed here. Like, so that tells us, oh, there's an autoimmune process going on, which then informs the bigger picture of care. Sure, yeah, yeah, I used to chase those numbers. Yeah, now, not as much anymore. Now we I just, used to give selenium and stuff like that to try and. What did you do? Yeah, I have black cumin oil yeah. and selenium. Yeah. And, I don't chase yeah, them like that I anymore. You're no. right. Um, but I do pay attention. I say your immune system is not supposed to attack yourself. So yeah, what's going let's on? Let's look at the gut. Let's look at your diet. Yeah, and the yeah, like the basics of diet and lifestyle come into play with autoimmune all the time. Right? Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. What about um, the details of lab values? I thought that was a, a sort of a nerdy one, but you know. Well, we should before we get there, we should yeah. talk about reference ranges. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's probably we've talked about that to some okay. degree with so, iron, but let's yeah. let's talk about it again. So, should we pick on iron again, ferritin, or what do you want to? Sure. Yeah, I think it, just broadly, reference ranges are not based on health. There are some that have a little bit more input from various uh, guidelines like uh, cholesterol or blood sugar. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for the most part, I believe labs, uh, for the reference ranges, it's my understanding from the last time I looked this up was that they have to have a minimum of about 130 people in your age category. And that's just the the general range of where the normal population is. Yeah, so that includes like uh, people who are uh, eating everything from the middle aisles. And it includes yeah. everyone eating from the outside. It includes everyone. So the range, the disparity between uh, high and low can be quite high because if you look around you, you can see we're all sort of living yeah. different sort of lifestyle. Well, I would. do you want to be as healthy as the 100 people you know? I know some good people. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. 
Yeah. Maybe. But you know what I mean? The, the yeah. point is it just includes everyone in there. So, um, you know, if you even pick on iron, if say, say within that 120 people, there's like uh, 30 postpartum women sure. who have just given up 80% of their iron stores in the last trimester. Yeah. So now they're part of the normal. Mm -hmm. And we know they ain't normal or optimal. Sure. Right. So then that bottom end, you know, gets skewed. They get skewed a lot. So mm -hmm. um, I, I don't, I think we have some sort of non uh, standardized desired levels. Like I know B, uh, B12, I look for like maybe 500 picamoles, whatever. Mm -hmm. Iron, we sort of look for 800. What is it? What's the, what's the units for iron? Ferritin. In, uh, oh my goodness. I, I don't forget. know. It's 80. The number's 80. I forget. <laughs> Adequate iron source is 80. Yeah. I'm my, uh, Forget the animal. I think so. I think it's animals. You're right. Uh, we hope so. Anyway, she's gonna look it up. Microgram per liter. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Okay. That, so that one's uh, that one's which is equivalent to the American units. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. The point is, we have maybe some more optimal ranges for some that we know of for sure, and then uh, some of them I don't always know. I, I'm sort of I'm not looking to be skimping along the bottom or top of a lot of values. I can yeah, say it's that. where you want to set the bar. Yeah. Yeah. And in the context of signs and symptoms and exactly. physical exam and yeah. all that history stuff. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think I've informed my idea of healthy reference ranges. I mean, sure, we can look at some literature, like we can see where better levels are sitting based on different disease states or, or outcomes. Um, but my experience too has dictated a lot of where I think, where I just see people feel better. Yeah. And that's not evidence-based, but it's, that's just clinical experience. I think you're more experienced with me that way. And you, you do a lot of um, work with uh, looking at labs for women's hormones. Well, which just hormones. Let's just say hormones. Yeah. And that is a great segue into uh, something that I, I wanted you to let loose on, let your hands go <laughs> um, on uh, the timing of measuring uh, hormones Sure. And, and it's something even I, even I'm not in the women's health uh, anymore, anymore than I'm just in the health in general. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, something I noticed years ago was how the, the ranges depended on the cycle, yet uh, every time I got a lab test, it didn't say where they were in the cycle. So I was like, yes. Okay, uh, <laughs> so let your hands go on this one. I don't get it. Because <laughs> um, I'll often, you know, I'll have patients come and say, Kara, what is going on with my hormones? They've, they've been tested, they're fine, like, but I, I know I have hormonal symptoms, like my cycle is, is driving me crazy. And I'll look at the labs, I'll say, okay, well, what cycle day was this done? Oh, I don't know, I just went to the lab. And I literally, I mean, in my head, I'm ripping the paper up, because it, it is a waste absolutely of blood. useless. It's a waste of, yeah. yeah, because if you are, um, like estrogen, for example, that can swing very normally. Like you could have a normal estrogen at 50 at one point of the cycle. So just around your period, your estrogen could literally be 50 or hundred. And that is a completely normal level. Mm -hmm. uh, at ovulation, that might go up to 1500, you know, seven days after ovulation, that might be around five, 800, maybe three to 800. Um, so the variation in those numbers. About an order of magnitude. Uh, yeah. Right. So that's a lot. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so the timing has to be um, very precise relative to that woman's cycle and not just an average 28 day cycle, which I think like less than 10% of women have, it needs to be timed to their cycle. And if their cycle is irregular, we need to time it um, and try to find signs of ovulation, whether we're doing ovulation testing or signs and symptoms of cervical mucus and, and actually timing for that woman so that we actually know what, what we're looking at and when in the cycle it is. So just a quick, maybe a quick hit for some, some of the, the women out there. When do, you, when do you suggest they get their labs done? If, even if they're just getting their labs done with their medical doctor and they're on board with doing some estrogen, progesterone. Mm-hmm. With, I mean, obviously this is not what you'd maybe do in your clinical practice because you're going to have more control of a situation, but sure. what would you say is a good sort of concept for people to think, oh, I'm going to get my labs done. I want to do them on... Date. You want to go about seven days after ovulation. Seven days after ovulation, which means they have to have known that they ovulated. Yes. Can they go how many days after uh, last day of menzies? Does that help at all or no? The other way to do it would be... I'm showing that I don't know anything. (laughs) The other way to do it without them understanding certain landmarks would be to take their average cycle. The second half or the luteal phase is almost always consistent. So it's almost close to 14 days. So if you count 14 days back from your app, your cycle length, that mm-hmm. should be around where you're ovulating. So okay. you would go seven days so back So it's the from first that. half that's a bit wonky usually. The first half is variable. The second half. Okay. Now it could be 12, 13, 14, 15, like it, it, but it's right. usually but it's, a bit more standard to 14 okay. days. Yeah. I learned, yeah, I learned something go. today. Yeah. And we were talking about some other, um, and I mean, hormone testing, we could do a whole podcast on. So I know. We'll, we'll come back to but that. But that's one. a key, that's a key one. I think there's just so many like pieces of garbage, uh, lab test results, uh, out there. If you don't know what day you are in your cycle, I just, I think that one was worth oh, it's, saying something about for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and there's other timing too, right? Like, uh, we had chatted, uh, there's definitely circadian rhythms of different lab values too. What's that mean? Tell the people. <laughs> so that is a variation within the day of different hormones. So different mm-hmm. hormones have a diurnal variation or a variation throughout the day. Uh, so testosterone is a good example. So testosterone is going to peak uh, in the morning, which anybody who's ever woken up beside a man <laughs> is not surprised about that one. <laughs> that testosterone is highest first thing in the morning. Uh, cock-a-doodle-doo. <laughs> But uh, so that's one that we actually generally test testosterone first thing in the morning because we Mm. know we're getting a peak value. Um, Mm. I do think TSH is like that, so thyroid testing. Um, And cortisol would be another one that has an obvious peak in the morning and should be lowest. And the opposite happens for melatonin. Yeah. So depending on what the job is of that hormone or whatever, then it's going to peak at different times. Yeah. And I was going to say, that's the only one. Cortisol is the only hormone I'll test in saliva because mm-hmm. it's actually quite, uh, the evidence for that one is pretty, pretty solid for salivary cortisol. And then we can do it in a home environment too. So you can actually spit in a tube right when you wake up. I've got a great segue then. Oh, good. Yeah. So you said uh, you'll do that for salivary, uh, like a salivary sample. Let's talk about special tests. Sure. And we're going to get into trouble, I bet. Yeah, we are. Yeah. <laughs> Kara, how many special tests have you done uh, maybe in the last 
year compared to how many tests you think you've done, like sort of conventional uh, lab tests? 1%, 2% is my guess. Are you a good, busy clinician with good results? I yes. hope so. Yeah, you are. So, <laughs> I hope uh, so. So I just ran a, a GI map test. Yeah, me too. Um, first, first one. Yeah. $500. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's settling. Five hundred bucks yeah. is not, you know, chump change. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's useless. I shouldn't say it's useless. No, not at all. Uh, we're not really saying that. Um, but what we are saying is that labs cost money, and a lot of these specialized labs or or uh, naturopathic, integrative, functional medicine sort of uh, investigations. Um, She's, you can't see on the podcast, but she's looking at me. She's going to say something. What are you going to say? No, I'm actually not going to say You're not? No, I'm good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she was going to. But anyway, um, yeah, some of those, some of those more uh, left-wing, newer, less conventional tests, we don't use them as, as frequently, I think, uh, as, you, as you may think. I don't know. I, so I, what are some of the examples we're thinking of here? We Dutch, might as well throw ourselves throw out, the Dutch. Throw yeah, so out, Dutch test, GMAP. Never did one in my life. Dutch test, zero. I've probably done five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you were kind of, I think you were trying to feel that, actually, we get desperate sometimes. Maybe that's the context of what sure. we should talk, because yeah. we talked about that. A lot of the time <clears throat> when we're doing uh, a more specialized test or a little bit more out there test, it's probably because we're stumped. Sure. Yeah. To some degree, or we don't know what to mm-hmm. do next. And I think as we got better, mm-hmm. we get stumped less. Sure. We don't need, even though you will perhaps gain some insight, uh, it's probably not worth the investment. I was say, you it's, can it's get a, there from It's easier. a low, ro- low yeah. reward for investment ratio yeah. for a lot of those. Mm-hmm. And I know some people uh, look at them differently. So I like, we are kind of throwing ourselves under the bus here, but from a, from the perspective of someone who's maybe, working with a naturopath or looking to work with one or a younger naturopath, uh, I would say just get really good at the, get good at the basic stuff sure. first, first, like learn how to walk before you can run. And, uh, and then maybe at some point uh, we can talk more about specialized testing. Maybe, maybe when we know more, but I, I really feel like between I feel like I know lots, but well, I don't know. I don't know a lot about them, but um, well, look, sure you do. I know about them. I know about them, but they're of dubious utility to me at times when I compare it to signs and symptoms and what I feel with my hands. Sure. And I, I wouldn't have said this maybe two years ago, but I trust my hands more than I trust a $500 test of questionable mm-hmm. utility. Sure. You know? And um, I would say too, a lot of the times where I've actually ordered these tests, like even down to IgG food sensitivity or, or judge tests or SIBO tests, a lot of those times that I've, given in and order them were at the patient's request yeah because they've read it on a blog or their yeah. friend had it or or whatever and you know and i i'm very straight up and have a conversation with them about it and they're like you know what i still i like i like to see some data so let's have some fun and do it and and that's okay too and god bless them because maybe <laughs> we learned something from sure. corroborating what those tests show with what we probably already would have done anyway yeah, it's nice to to say, yeah, that's what I would have guessed. Yeah, and yeah. that's okay. Like yeah. again, we're not saying it's bad. It's just like if you have all the money in the world and all the time in the world and all the curiosity in the world. Then yeah, they're fun. They're so fun. They are fun. They're beautiful they're and cool. colorful and <laughs> yeah. But like with a SIBO test, let's let's you know, I had to have a run at that. 
um, if we're doing a SIBO test, we're going to do a baseline probably to see, to prove what we already think we know in mm -hmm. most cases. And then I will have on top of that, the added information that I get from the body mm -hmm. through my hands. And I'll know where, where the issues are in terms of these, the organ, the organ structures probably. So then, so we spend what, 300, is it three, 300 bucks maybe or something in yeah. Canada for a test to, find out maybe what we already know or see which gas is being excreted by what bug. Mm -hmm. And then we choose a uh, protocol that is based on the gas. Mm -hmm. So like a herbal antimicrobial protocol, regardless of like what the body says, which is interesting to me. Mm -hmm. um, and then we, and I, I think I see a lot of our, our colleagues doing you know long-term SIBO interventions like antimicrobials, FODMAS, like long, long-term. And, and I, I just see more uh, utility in, in, you know, seeing with my hands, listening with my hands and, and treating those structures accordingly. I know the structures and functions and everything of the organs more than I know the utility of some methane gas. Sure. Um, so, and then you'd have to run. Well, what would you say to, so not every practitioner is as skilled with their hands um, as you are, um, arguably, uh, we all should be, but we're, we're not. Right. Um, so say you have a, you know, a naturopath listening who does gut treatments and doesn't have the skills with your hands. What do you think though still is an issue with the, with, you know, GI mapping and SIBOing? Like what, what, what are the problems that still arise out of that? Well, I think it's, uh, we, we should have talked about this before. Put me on the spot. No, it's Sorry, it's yeah, it's okay. I I don't think it's bad information. Yeah, I just don't know if it's as important information on a hierarchy of importance well, of I information. Think you always ask me this question, so I thought that you would know the answer. Uh -oh. <laughs> so you always say, "Well, what are you going to learn that you already didn't know?" Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There. Thank you. You're welcome. For answering it. And I would say when we're looking at Dutch, I mean, I I see patients who've come from other other practitioners who have their Dutch results in hand. And I see where the problem, and again, there are some interesting actionable items that I have seen come out of a Dutch test, mm -hmm. but by far and away, I see more problems in that they've come with the results in hand and a treatment plan that is this long, trying to, um, you know, pick at all the little metabolite pathways and divert and divert it. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, uh, the, the treatments end up being really reductionistic. really reductionistic, yeah. often not meaningful. And then especially with Dutch, I often get patients like literally crying because they think they're going to get cancer. Yeah. And that's not good. That's just not good. I get so that's just not off. good. Yeah. It's not good patient management. So pissed. Yeah. It's actually really bad. Yeah. Um, I'm honest. And if I'm honest, I'll, I'm, since I'm on an honest run here, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to say that our schools need to do a better job of teaching people how to get their hands on people. And uh, I've worked hard to get good and I've worked hard and invested heavily sure. uh, in getting good with my hands. And it has been an absolute, um, it's the, it's the absolutely most important thing I've learned uh, in becoming a good clinician sure. as the, the, the way the body talks like like I said the, the body um, it speaks a very direct and clear language mm -hmm. 
as opposed to us like sitting and talking and I tell you through my filters and you listen through your filters and experiences and sometimes something gets lost and uh, lost in that whereas the tissues just I'm jealous of your hands sometimes. Well, yeah, they just tell you what it is, you <laughs> yeah. know, and, and we can all get them. That's the thing. But we've talked about why, you know, one of the reasons you're really, really good um, and get reproducible, reliable results is because you have really focused on an area of expertise. And like, you, you've, look, you've got, I think you've got a bigger breadth of headspace than I do, and you, you're always got lots in there. But one of the things I think you've done is focus on an area so you just know that language of the body. Um, and sim- signs and symptoms. Yeah, I can hear what the body's saying. Therefore, you're, then we go back to our same thing. Therefore, yes. your assessment is clearer. Yes. And you may not use a billion different interventions, but because your assessment is clear, you know which ones are going to give you the most reliable results. For sure. You say that all the time. <laughs> what do we want to do? We want to go over any, any specific tests? I think we should say some about vitamin D because yeah. it's like. It's, it's a big one. And I know here in Ontario, people have to pay out of pocket, uh, yeah. which is like, you know, $35, 37, I think. Yeah. They just, they just increased it. And people are horrified for having to pay anything for healthcare sometimes, but yeah. that's, that's a good investment of $37. Uh, why is vitamin D so important? I spent money even worse. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, why is vitamin D so important? So why, why do yeah. you and I basically, I think, well, I run it screening based on everyone. Uh, I'll do it when I can. Yeah. 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 Uh, Oh, there's like, I'm going to say there's three reasons. The first is my patients will say, Oh, I'm taking vitamin D. How much should I take? And my answer is I have no idea. I don't know. I really don't know how much someone should take. Why? Okay. But why? Because I finished that thought because it doesn't sound as good. It doesn't sound good, but I don't know how much vitamin D you should take. Don't ask me how much D you should take unless I have a number sitting in front of me of what your body is telling me. Because I, I've all the D's I've run in the last month have been deficient, and those have been people on a standard dose of a thousand to two thousand. I use of vitamin D, and that's because Mm -hmm. we live in Gray County and we've not seen the sun for six months. Mm -hmm. And even like pale white people. Yes. Right. Who yep. arguably have been adapted mm-hmm. to to deal with lower sunlight. It's still, it it's still doesn't enough. do it. No. Yeah. And we all have different factors of metabolism that we have different requirements. Mm-hmm. Fancy that. So I don't know how much my patients need until I see a number and then I can tailor a dose that's going to get them in a range where I would like it. Yeah. Uh, can't really add to that. That's, yeah. that's great. Well, I'd, I'd say a couple things about vitamin D. Other other uses for it, which encompasses another concept we were talking about, is pigeonholing uh, a lab test to one sure. function in the body. So vitamin D, what do most people think about? Bone health, right? Yeah. And yes, that's right. I had that on my intake an intake form today. Taking vitamin D for bone health. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's great. It's not wrong. No, not wrong at all. But it's not even close to comprehensive. No. So what else do you see so, vitamin D important for? Actually, you you learn to be on uh, one of these things recently. Yeah, I I always say this. Uh, there's I look at it acutely and chronically. So acutely, well, uh, acutely uh, as in it's going to help you now in things like seasonal affective disorder. It's going to help your mood. It is critical for um, for helping to regulate your blood sugar and your insulin levels. So uh, that's a short-term acute one. Um, pain is one I think that is undervalued. Um, even relationship, like deficient pain. levels. I'm going to call just you on that one. What do you mean? Pain. Just back pain. Okay. Like Interesting. Uh, I, know, I 
yeah, I wonder, I think arthritic, arthritic pain, sure, yeah. we, even that we could try and be more mm-hmm. specific, but yeah, I've heard that arthritis and, uh, and pain from arthritis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and I think trying to, what are their acute, like, well, I, I, I do, uh, I, I do share with people the information, I think it's from Canadian Medical Journal or Canadian Medical Association Journal of Vitamin D Hammer. The uh, single acute oh, yeah, yeah, dose yeah. of 50,000 IU for uh, flu and uh, respiratory illness, which probably yes. is quite relevant uh, given the zombie apocalypse. It might be. Pending. It might be. Yeah. So then... then. But then autoimmune, like that's what oh, yeah, I always right. want to know. If, if someone's got autoimmune signs and symptoms, like the small joints hurt or they have, you know, like labs we talked about, show autoimmunity, then I always want to make sure that you're replete in vitamin D. Sure. Yeah. Make sure your T helper cells are working and, and the communication in the, in the immune system is supported with vitamin D. I mean, D I, I think regulates over 200 genes. Like it is doing, it is a hormone too, which I love. It's not a vitamin. It, it was, it was mislabeled. It so highest in the morning. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, D's not doing anything for us in the morning. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's a hormone, and it, it's it's uh, which I think we get lazy on, right? Because we're like, ah, oh, it's a vitamin, that's boring. Mm-hmm. Like, take your vitamins, but it's not. It's a hormone, and uh, we live in a place that it's just it's not going to be optimal. Um, and then that's where it's insidious, and when we're looking at chronic risk too, right? Because um, it like it's a devil, right? If you are chronically low, which probably many people listening have been, if you're not testing and replacing adequately, what if you are chronically low your whole life? Mm-hmm. And that is a risk for not only bone osteoporosis, but significant risk for cancer. Uh, auto- oh my God, we forgot about cancer. Yeah, yeah. I was getting yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and the reference range for D is anything over seven, like 75 to 250 is the reference range for vitamin right. D. And all the studies I've read, the, the optimal range for that has been studied for cancer prevention is between 90 and 120. That's okay. Yeah. So we may have different, I don't know where I got my information. You know, you, you read something and you stick with it for a while. Sure. Yeah. Mine was around 120. I'm just always aiming for 120 and everyone. 20, 125. Yeah. Uh, that's nanomoles, I think, per liter. Yeah, for sure. In, at least yeah. in Canada. And then there are some uh, negative effects once we get at higher doses. So that's why it's also not one that you just mm-hmm. take obscene amounts forever. And it's fat soluble. Yeah. You store and so it. stored. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think an important one, because we'll wrap up soon. Sure. Um, is how it, labs in general, direct treatment as a piece. Do you want to like just expand on that a little bit they're a piece of the of the puzzle yeah i think i think we've probably covered that well i think we have with like examples but just sure i would say it's an important piece of the puzzle and it directs treatment it minimizes unnecessary treatment um and in addition to what we're feeling on physical exam in addition to our patient's story uh in addition to timelines uh, what else, what other pieces are we Those are key. information? The point being, you're just saying it's, it's a We're huge, synthesizing all of that yeah, together. It's a piece of the whole picture. And I, I say it's the biochemical soup that you live in is yeah. often what lab tests tell you, right? Um, they don't always tell you the structures of things, but they do tell you, um, 
sort of soup that we're living in, sure. which is important. They can also tell us things that aren't directly related to the result. So a good example of that is, say we have a patient who eats lots of meat, uh, perhaps doesn't have a period, you know, it's postmenopausal or man or, or it doesn't have a period for some reason. Um, and yet their, their iron level, like their ferritin's low or they're anemic or their B12 is low. So what does that tell us? Cause we know they should probably be getting enough in the diet. Mm-hmm. We've assessed the diet is adequate for those nutrients. Um, and they're not losing it out of, from bleeding. Mm-hmm it tells us something other than the nutrient level, which is yeah, something about absorption. Yeah. In some, in some cases, maybe with iron, it tells you that there's maybe some parasitism. Sure. There's some uh, either bacteria or, <clears throat> or other kind of microorganism that's, that's stealing your iron. Yeah. Cause there's a, there's an iron war going in, <laughs> going on all the time. So yeah, that's, that's the other thing, the big picture with the testing the nutrients and the ones I test are uh, B12, um, vitamin D, um iron testing others that's usually that's usually about it for some other ones don't test well yeah, yeah. that's and why I, we don't actually yeah. we should say I, I that's why we don't test a lot it's of the a other downfall ones. Of, of some serum testing yeah it, it tells you how much of a thing is in a certain compartment and we didn't get super nerdy but it does tell you only how much of that thing is in a certain compartment of the body sure and that you could make that argument for hemoglobin with iron like you know assuming that all iron goes to hemoglobin that's why people look at hemoglobin only, right? It's like, oh, hemoglobin, oh, your iron's fine. No, that's a massive assumption that sure. that all iron is going straight to uh, linearly be related to hemoglobin. There's way more uses for, for iron than that. Of course. And we won't get too nerdy into that, but there's like a lot of assumptions with uh, with labs. And, and that's why it's good to have someone who has the bigger picture context to put it all together with your signs and symptoms and hopefully their expertise clinically. Yeah? Yeah. Is that a yeah. good way to end it or is there I something think that's else? It. And uh, maybe just flipping it back to our listeners, um, you know, any advice do you have for, you know, our, our listeners who might have been able to download or get copies of their lab testing and they have them in front of them? Well, they could take if they could take it to a naturopath and have it interpreted, right? Like sure. you could even take that same information and have it look looked at with a different set of eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that would be like I would trust anyone to do that with you or, or me and hopefully most of our colleagues would be mm-hmm. able to to glean something from it but um, it's, it's years of experience that have got us to these right like it's been a while to get it has uh, this sort of understanding information rather than just data points right yes actionable information meaningful information is different it's- than just a bunch of numbers it's gleaning knowledge and what to do with that knowledge instead of just looking at exactly absolute values yeah exactly so um yeah on the and i guess on the recommendation of maybe someone you know go to a naturopath that they've been really happy with and uh and get them to look at your labs it'd be a great thing to bring in on the first visit um at least it gives you a like a a zero point sure may they may want and i mean we should say this too we often redo labs even if we get labs brought into us or we do more extensive lab testing. Well, yeah, we want to know our treatments are effective, right? If we're doing a diet to improve insulin um, levels and blood sugar levels, we want to, we want feedback. We want to know that we are making good recommendations and that the patient changes the patient's making are 
are moving the barometer in the right direction. Yeah. And I think that we, we can make, as you get better as a clinician, I think you can, you can uh, decide what's maybe going on wrong with this person or imbalances with the person just from signs and symptoms. But like, even mm-hmm. today, I, I'm pretty sure something's going on with this, with this guy's um, ability to deal with uh, glucose. Uh, but I still, we're still going to get him to do a fasting glucose, fasting insulin to see if he's got insulin resistance. We're still going to do it just to, just to make sure, Sure. you know, yeah. and, and maybe, maybe it would, I might do something similar to what I, what I would do without that information. But I think with a good clinician, I think you're going to, you're going to, they're going to want to have some more objective lab data to, to corroborate their clinical experience yeah. and it's motivating right it's, it can it's, be it's, for sure it it's really a good communication motivating. piece with yeah. the patient for sure yeah. and yeah. i would also say i i also say this in my visits is that you know you'll go to your financial advisor you know every year and you'll make a plan for your finances you know you'll you'll save your rsps you know you make a plan and so um the labs are it's like your financial statement right like it's mm-hmm. it's uh it's it's one piece of the puzzle um, but it is a great document to, to come together and say, okay, here is where my health is and this yeah. is how I'm feeling. And these are the goals I have. And this is, these are the changes that make sense to make. Yeah. Oh, and one thing we could go on, but, um, <laughs> the one thing I want to say about labs too, is like, if, if someone comes to me and they're just, I get some people who are, who are not really taking great care like with basic basic treatment, foundational treatments, like mm-hmm. basic diet, lifestyle, they don't sleep, they don't eat right, they go, you know, they go to Kentucky Fried Chicken, Mary Brown's, whatever, and they're like, you know what I mean, like that type sure. of person, it, I probably won't get them to run labs right away, because yeah. I compare it to picture day, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. do, do you go to picture yeah. day with like dirty mustard stains all over your shirt, do you think you're going to have a good picture, Sure. you know, so clean up a bit for picture day is another uh, idea, but this is the most basic stuff, so getting your labs done when you're in a obviously dysfunctional state and you're not doing some basic stuff that you know you should or could be doing uh the ideal situation i think is is if we have uh, picture day or lab day when we've done just some basic stuff like made some initial steps that we know we could make although it depends on the person because some patients i might see they're not going to change until they're, they're, yeah. they don't understand what their choices are how their choices are impacting their health so sometimes it's a good education piece of like here's what's happening right and we need to change this you're arguing with me yeah i am yeah yeah whatever well you're right too but i you know i mean there's you, you see you see what i'm saying like uh, uh if, i think if, it depends on the patient it depends on yeah. the patient right yeah. and that's that's uh that's 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 hard to that's, that's hard to teach you just learn it yeah from doing stuff for uh, sure for a few years so okay all right dr dave that's enough dr Cameron. that was a good uh off the cuff it was. Uh, conversation. It was, but yeah. it's, it's good because I hope people can get some uh, some meaningful uh, information from from uh, looking at their labs, maybe a little bit differently. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Until next time. All right. We'll chat to you soon.